Shanna Covey, creator and host of Always Shine Brightly. I named this podcast Always Shine Brightly because I believe that is what we are each here to do. And in times where we feel we're not shining bright, I feel it's still our purpose to work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world, despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. All right. Well, I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. Today, I have Anna from AnnaEarth.com. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. And I always love to share with listeners how we met. And we met a couple of years ago in an online course that was put on by Bentinho Massaro called Civilization Upgraders. And that program is really of how it is about upgrading civilization, but it starts with us individually by clearing out and doing our own inner work by clearing out certain levels of distortion so that we can come from a higher place in order to walk out our respective soul blueprints. And Anna is someone that I met through that group, met so many wonderful people through it. And I'm so glad to be connecting today to jump in and understand more of her journey to understand your work and the things that you're doing in the world. So kind of like to kick us off, I would love just to kind of hear an overview of your journey. And even if you want to touch as far back as something that I think is really interesting is that you're from the Netherlands and you currently live in Vancouver, which is where you're doing the call from. But things that I've heard you share is that you actually grew up on a farm in the Netherlands. So if you wouldn't Mm -hmm. mind just sharing uh, about your journey. Sure. Um, I'd love to. So, um, yeah, I grew up on an organic farm in the Netherlands, Um, one of the first organic farms um, ever. Actually, my parents were kind of pioneers in that area. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, And that has really like shaped me, to be honest. It really has shaped me in um, the way that I perceive uh, our relationship with nature, the way that I look at cycles, the way that um, I look at the environment. So my entire journey has always been around the environment and sustainability. And that's also what I studied. I went to school and I studied environmental sciences um, and environmental policy because I always felt that it was something for me to do in that arena, sort of like to connect deeper with ourselves and with nature. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such an important thing. Um, But throughout the years, like I worked, I worked as a, a business developer in climate change research and I had done one thing. Um, I was very much focused on the outside world, but the inside world I had not taken care of. Okay. So I was working on sustainability in the outside world, but deep down, like from the inside, I was very unhappy and I was not sustainable at all in my life. What age? Um, what was this age time frame? So um, I worked there until, wait. <laughs> okay, age is like a thing for me. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just curious because I, I know that, I mean, just for listeners tuning in, I know, I think it's always interesting just to see where people are in their journey. Yeah. And, and you're currently, what are so you? So I'm now 31. So this yeah. was like five years ago okay. when I got the burnout. So that was like, I was 26. Okay, got it. Um, Yeah. So I got burnt out completely. I was working at the time in San Francisco and I got completely burned out. Like my you know, like at a certain point, like I couldn't stand light anymore. I couldn't stand sounds anymore. I was just, oh my, my body was completely off. It was just me in a dark room for weeks at the time. Oh my um, goodness. Wow. It was a really 
interesting dark period where I really had to face and really go within um, what I hadn't done because I was so focused on trying to change the world from the outside. Yes. Um, and I realized that the real work had to start within. Mm-hmm. And so I went on a deep, deep purging and a deep spiritual journey um, and really got introduced to meditation. And um, well, you know, we uh, both were in Bentinho Masaro's um, course. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, I did a lot of that inner work to try and figure out how I could have gone so deep mm-hmm. and how I could build myself up again mm-hmm. um, by connecting to an infinite source of energy that I found within, mm-hmm. right? And that I feel is true sustainability. If we want to build anything sustainably in the world, we have to be able to connect to our true inner resource. And that is always within. And so I started studying that and I started combining that with, I still, I'm a little bit of a nerd. (laughs) So I started combining that with the science part of it. So I'm really, you know, like I went deeper into the science and combining it with spirituality. And, and now that becomes for me, that is my work that I'm here to share with the world. Like, how do we really create a sustainable society? Um, And, and that is what I'm here to do now. Like I help people um, create sustainable lives by being able to tap into their own energy source within and also do this in companies and organizations because the principle and the process is the same, mm-hmm. basically. So that's really like what I'm here for on I, this planet. So that's my journey a bit. I love that. And something that I've always appreciated from reading your po- reading your Facebook posts, which listeners definitely check her out on Facebook and follow along because she's a great pointer for for not only for truth from coming from truth and making change in the world but something that I've always appreciated is kind of a little bit of a background on my awakening was A Course in Miracles sort of the backdrop that helped me with my awakening about in 2011 and a lot of that writing is about understanding how to reintegrate into wholeness which wholeness is, mm-hmm. is what you're pointing to in this tapping into an energy that's sustainable and it also started to kind of show us where we're outside of that wholeness which you know pretty much we're all living outside of it until we start to do this inner work and in how often there's an us against them mentality mentality yeah. which comes from like fear and separation and oftentimes when you look out and see activists in the world there is a lot of that energy of an us against them there's yeah a, there's a lot of like fear coming out in in the approach to create the change and I appreciate where you're coming from because you do come from that more integrated place. So I'd love just to kind of like dive into this kind of topic for a little bit to help readers understand really clearly this this difference between like making change from a, a place of fear or even some call it sacred rage versus this place of wholeness where you have a powerful energy, which maybe the way we dive into is, is I've read some of your posts on the difference between power, power and force. And that really is pointing to where are you coming from in your action to make changes? Cause it's not about not taking action, but it is about where are you coming from? Yes. I love that. I love that you bring that up. Um, and it is also not about, the action itself, it really is what you say about where you're coming from. It's about the energy behind it. And um, I saw, I, I have been that activist, right? Mm-hmm. I have been that activist that was standing on the barricades and, mm-hmm. and like actually being in anger to what I saw in the world and being very impatient about it needs to change right now. And there was like a lot of like, okay, the bad guys are polluting, the bad mm-hmm. guys are doing this. And, you know, and at a certain point, 
um, when I went through my own inner journey, I realized that that is not the way to go. Like it feels that I am not actually making the world a better place if mm-hmm. I bring more anger into the world. Right. Um, because then I'm not free from the world in a way. Like you're just going to be part of the polarity then. You're just mm-hmm. going to go against something, but then you're not actually free exactly. from it to um, use your energy for a positive change because you're just fighting against something. Um, and so this is something that I, I teach um, and I also use with my clients is like, where do you, where's your energy coming from? Cause we can use, for instance, our emotional states. And I love that you bring up the thing about power versus force um, because force are kind of the lower emotional states. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you're coming from shame or guilt or fear or anger, um, those are the main ones or apathy or indifference. Um, these are like draining energies Um, generally like they are not sustainable they're not bringing energy to the world they usually when you feel angry or when you feel fear you're you're usually feeling drained afterwards right Mm -hmm. you're feeling Mm -hmm. like there's an energy drain so this is like classified i would say that would come from like force like if you're acting from that place you're coming from wanting to change something outside of you Mm -hmm. but you're not tapped into the infinite source that is within you right if we then like if the, the point shifts around courage, courage is an energy state. Courage is an emotion that is neutral. That feels like when you're acting from courage, you're actually um, shifting it and you're actually bringing more energy to the world than you're taking in a way. So it feels like when you're acting from courage and you have faced your fears. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all known a point in our lives when we acted from courage, you have faced your fears. You're moving to, you know, whatever yes. it is that you're moving towards and it feels very powerful, but it, it feels like it's not draining you. Yes. And that is like true power. And that's when things start to shift. And then we can act from courage. Um, and then the other emotional states that are coming forth from that is, for instance, you're acting from acceptance, the forgiveness and love, mm-hmm. uh, peace, bliss. And all of these states are actually giving energy to the world. And that becomes an upward spiral. Like it becomes, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. like... Um, it's like a virus, but the positive one, right? Like you, <laughs> yeah. you, you spread love into the world and it, it gives energy to the world and everybody that you touch with that love um, will want to like, you know, it feels lightened up and everything as well. So if you take action from that place, your actions have way more impact. It is more energy efficient for you, mm-hmm. but it's generally also generating more energy into the world and it's, it's spreading more into the world. And I think that is really what we need in this world, these times and these days. Um, So that feels like more like true power. And I think if we tap into that as activists Mm -hmm. and as people that want to make a difference, we have way more impact and our actions and our other things, the decisions that we make go further along in the world than we are when we are acting from like a place of force or fear or anger. So... I agree 100% and something else that's coming to mind and this can, again, everything that we're talking about here can be applied on on the very personal level with things that you're dealing with onto the macro level of dealing with things that activism are trying to change. But another maxim that that we both come from, I'm sure, is the idea that you cannot transform what you do not first accept. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. that someone rather, again, it's on that individual level where they're f- whatever this this personal thing they're frustrated with or this macro level of being frustrated with um, some social injustice or climate change or something like that. 
the idea of acceptance is probably kind of shocking to people who are in a point of frustration. So I'd love, like, I can share a little bit about it, but I'd love for you to jump in as well. But so the idea of acceptance, in, in my understanding of how the energy would work around it, is now it's taking you out of a resistance place, which would probably be more where that uh, controlling space has come from or, or yeah, the resistance, you're, tr- you're accepting it and you start to change your, your own energy can come from this deeper place because when you're in resistance, mm-hmm. you're at this more surface level, um, separate, separate, you're in a separate state because yeah. you're in a fearful state. So your energy is very much resisting and fearing that the worst of the worst is going to happen and you feel out of control. So the only way to, to seemingly assert yourself is by resisting it, but, on, but you get to transform that energy when you accept where things are and then come from this more powerful place of from that place of acceptance how can transformation occur and i think that oh sorry go ahead jump in oh no go ahead yeah i uh i'm I'm totally i'm just confirming that i totally agree with you (laughs) and i i was i was thinking of it too from like when you're dealing in personal or interpersonal relationships, if you're frustrated with another person, and then we can extrapolate this out into the things that we're frustrated on the macro level. But it's like you have to, when you come from a place of acceptance, you have to be able to see from two planes. Like you can't change the problem on the same on the same plane it was created in. So if you're frustrated, yeah. then resistance is on the same plane as frustration, but acceptance is on a plane that's a step up. And whenever you start to, you have to be able to see the innocence of the person who you're frustrated with. And it's like, that's where the acceptance comes from, is that you have kind of like an acceptance of their innocence in in their own, what we were, what we're seeing as wrongdoing, if you will. And then in accepting that, you can help, you get to come from a stronger place and then have a more of a chance to be able to change that interpersonal dynamic or that dynamic on a, on a larger scale. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. And and especially what you're saying about like whatever happens on a personal level, that is exactly what is being played out also on a larger level. So um, accepting, being able to accept things in your personal sphere. Um, mm-hmm. I think every sort of, you know, if you you're here to make a difference and every activist that has sort of like this purpose and this drive within them to make a change, you need to be able to, um, yeah, to, to master this, to master acceptance on a personal level, because otherwise on the, on the larger skill level, um, yeah, it, it works with the same kind of dynamic. Um, and what I wanted to say when, when you shared about that, I wanted to just say that acceptance is oftentimes seen as something of you know, that is giving up, mm-hmm. which is not at all what it is. Right. Um, acceptance doesn't mean that you don't get to transform or don't get to make a change. But acceptance means just that you're um, you're removing your energy from the pendulum. Mm-hmm. The way that I see it is really the pendulum, right? You have like, you're either for or against something. Mm-hmm. You're either um, in the pendulum and, and on one hand, on the other, you're playing in the polarity, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in the pendulum, you can never be truly free because your energy is not free right. to like move it into something that you actually want to move it into. So whether you're for or against something, you're still in the pendulum. Like the pendulum is just going to go back and forth and um, you just feel like you're defending yourself or you're offending, whatever it is. Yes. But you're yes. coming from a place 
that is not actually coming from true courage or power, you're still kind of in the pendulum going back and forth. Right. So what I do is like I help people to remove themselves from the pendulum. And that does go through acceptance, but it also goes through the integration of the polarities. Mm -hmm. So when we integrate the polarities, we get to choose we get to choose what we want to put our energy into. But when there's a charge on one of the polarities, we are still stuck in the pendulum kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. We're, yes. we're, we're doing this game of for and against. And um, I think what you're trying to say and, and what I really feel as well is that we need to like learn how to remove ourselves from the pendulum. Mm-hmm. And that goes through um, acceptance. It goes through coming back to wholeness. It goes through integrating the polarities and just remembering who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you remember that your energy is free and you have way more energy available to then um, choose to put it into something that you know is, you know, like yes. is a way more energy efficient way to, to make a change in the world. Yes, that's so, so beautifully put. And just to help kind of like with listeners at home that may be like, oh, this, this is making sense. Do you have any like tips or our ideas for like how can they begin to touch that deeper place in themselves how can they remove themselves from the pendulum like going from theory to some sort of application that they might be able to begin working with i think the way to begin really um there's different stages to this process i have noticed um but the way to begin really is to really become aware of where you're at that's the first step it's just awareness Mm -hmm. like where is your energy going how do you feel like is there a frequency of fear in your field is there a frequency of anger and maybe just like for me like a really great tool that i really want to um suggest to people is journaling Mm -hmm. like it's a big it's a big tool it's been part of my journey and it's something that you can always do and everybody can do that at home Mm -hmm. um it is a big tool to just start and be like very aware of like okay um what am i feeling right now like what is the charge here Mm -hmm. um and then go deeper into that like what does this fear have to tell me for instance Mm -hmm. um and then go into like or what kind of stories do i tell myself what kind of memories do i have or what kind of beliefs do i have um that make me think righteous in this way and then see like if you can rewire that see like okay are these beliefs true Mm -hmm. no then can I rewrite that belief what would be a better belief for me like what would be the opposite of that belief and the same thing with like if you're doing it on emotions and you're doing it on emotional states um what would my life look like without fear how would I act without anger how would I act without this emotional state and just really become aware like I really see it as a little bit of like you're kind of painting with frequencies in your life mm, and most like that. Of the people have gotten like a sort of palette of colors that they don't even know yet like they don't they just gotten these co- colors um but they're not aware that they can actually choose new ones and choose different colors but in order to choose the new ones we first need to be aware of what we already have mm-hmm. and we need to know like what frequencies are there so the first step for me would really be become aware um and start journaling that would be like a a great first step that you can always do Uh, you can always start doing that at home um and just become aware of what kind of frequencies you have going on what kind of beliefs you have going on and then from that stage you can sort of take a step back 
and go into acceptance, go into the place of wholeness. And little by little, you will start to notice that your reality will start to shift because you're able to have more awareness and more acceptance. And you're able to like, yeah, rewire the painting in a way, rewire your brain and redo the painting in the way that you would like to do that. I love that. I love that like painting with the frequencies that that are in you know that that we're vibrating from and I think that as people I really encourage listeners to do this because as you begin to peel back like where especially if you're in lots of like frequency of of contraction or however those emotions are are showing themselves if it's frustration if it's scarcity if it's whatever as you do this work you're going to start creating more space for possibility because when you're kind of in that contracted space it's really hard to ask like what what do I desire like if you know it's hard it's harder to come from the choice or the question the prompting question of like out of all the infinite possibilities that are available to me what do I desire like ideally you want to get yourself really freed up to where that question feels like something you can really dive into and start designing your life from but this step that you're offering and this journaling process that you're sharing is really critical to just creating the space to begin to ask that question and then mm-hmm. and 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 just for the listeners like I love journaling too and it's not something I've done my whole life and I've only done it in the last few years as a tool to do this inner work I don't do it as like a dear diary thing I do it as like a really tool to like shift and move energy and um, so this is really like a great resource and a great a great and it's also very cheap <laughs> like mm-hmm. it takes you yeah. get a journal get a pen and just put the time in <laughs> yeah in terms of efficiency i think it's one of the most efficient tools out there because it just it, you have the power within you and that's why i love it so much you have the power within you just sit down and like if i just journal for like 30 minutes i feel like a completely different person again i'm like oh yeah okay cool <laughs> And you know, like yeah, that, yeah. Because I, I was, I was teaching a, a teaching a manifestation training recently, and I, and I talk about journaling as well. And someone asked, like, how do you journal? And I was like, you know, like that's a really good question for someone who's never put this to practice. And I really, and like you can use journaling to shift energy in an instant if you have once you, once you start to see your choice in either coming from a certain spectrum of vibrations when you start to get more. Um, freedom around seeing that choice and more free will, understanding your free will in in that choice itself, then you can start to shift energy through the journaling a lot quicker because it's like, oh, I'm feeling blah, 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 blah. And it could be, you know, frustration. I'm feeling disbelief in this. I'm feeling la, 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 la. Well, then you can start to shift it as you remember and retune into possibility and retune into to a space of like, oh, these things are for me. These things are for me to tap into. And you can start to write things in, in that affirmative statement from the more expansive vibration, the more expansive place. And that is actually shifting energy in the moment just through your journaling process. Exactly. Yeah. And it's such a good tool. Yeah. And also something else that you speak to in journaling is like once you've got once you're really good at doing this inner work because it's kind of foundational to be able to to kind of sh- direct your energy, which is what co-creation manifestation is. You talk about uh, like designing your day or writing it, writing out your ideal day. I don't remember the exact words that you use, but I know it's something along those lines. So it's like starting to actively paint your day into existence from from the place of your journal. Can you speak to that a little bit? 
Yeah, definitely. I've used journaling as a tool for manifestation. Like I really, I think at a certain point, <clears throat> I do believe that first you have to go through some of like, you, you need to know how to, um, what you say, like uh, get into a place of acceptance and sort of like decouple yourself from like the pendulums that you're in. Mm -hmm. So that is always the first step. And sometimes it also is the first step. I just want to say that because you were talking to um, people that might feel a lot of contraction or lack or, or those kind of emotions come up. Sometimes I do feel like I don't believe in this entire state of like, oh yeah, just paste a higher frequency on it. Mm -hmm. No, I do think that sometimes you do need to go through the mud. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it really is like, go through the pain because that is the door right, right? that's the cat like um, that's a whole nother layer of the conversation that i'm so glad you're yeah. taking here because people start to confuse the idea of a catalyst and how it serves to reveal reveal aspects of your deeper nature and they start to see that they're just not manifesting in the direction they want to go in and they're not realizing that the soul is ready to know more of itself and a catalyst looks differently for how that, how that is revealed exactly Exactly. And if you can truly embrace your darkness, that is when we can truly embrace our light. And mm -hmm. that has been one of like these last five years for me, like there's been really periods where I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, really, God? Like, really? Do I really have to go through this? But they've been the most beautiful catalyst for transformation. Because once you're able to hold yourself in a place of absolute contraction, and you know that, you know, you're just there to feel and you know that you can accept it. There's so much, so much energy freed up once you have that sort of um, belief in yourself that you know that you're able to hold yourself in it. Well, like to me, it always feels like courage when I go through mm -hmm. it. It like and I come out on the other end. I'm like, wow, I did that. Right? <laughs> like there's a. Would There's you, a whole nother level yeah. that becomes available to you. Do you have um, an example that you would mind sharing just to kind of like give a more direct application of it? Well, a couple of years ago, I had a lot of panic attacks, I had okay. a lot of anxiety. Um, I got diagnosed with PTSD, um, depression and severe anxiety. Okay. And so I had a period where it was just like panic attack after panic attack after panic attack. It was really pretty bad. Mm. The last panic attack, though, that I had, um, I f like I've never had anyone uh, any since. Um, but the last one was really like that was for me the big transformation. And I'll share the story with you. Um, I, I felt it coming up like I really felt it coming up. I was sitting in a restaurant and I felt it coming up and I was like, I need to get home. I need to get home. Um, I just started, I, you, you start to feel when it comes up, right? You start to feel the anxiety rise and your breathing starts to like go faster. And I started to hyperventilate already and I made it home somehow. It was all kind of like blurry and oh in a dream, goodness. but I kind of made it home. And I remember collapsing in the living room. I remember collapsing on the carpet and I was just crying and not being able to breathe and just feeling so much anxiety through my body. And I remember thinking in that moment, um, I wasn't entirely convinced yet about God or the universe or higher powers. I was still kind of like, you know, like people talk about God, but mm -hmm. uh -huh. I was yeah. scientific, like I don't believe in God kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, God, if you really exist, I was that desperate because mm. I wanted to just, I wanted to die right there. I was so desperate. Mm. Uh, and I just, I shouted out like in, internally, I shouted like, like, 
um, God, if you really exist, then show me. Mm. Show me, like show me where the love mm. is because I cannot handle this pain anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And I really, I kid you not, this sounds such like a cliche story, but like <laughs> in that moment, in that moment when I really, I let go, I let go of the pain, I let go of everything. And it really felt like from one moment to the next, I felt everything relax in my body. I wow. felt the air came back into me. I felt, honestly, I felt held. I felt light around me. Yes. And it was such a deep transformation experience. Like I would almost say like I felt the white light oh, surrounding me yes. um, because I had completely let go of anything that I, I, in that moment, like the way that I look back at it now, I would say like I've transformed my fear of death in that okay. moment because okay. I wanted to die. Right. I was at that point, I was so low, but I could, you know, like I knew that I was always being supported and I could really feel love flow through me. And I could see that on the other side of this pain is always love. Wow. I've never had a panic attack since. Wow. Um, it completely disappeared after that because I just knew like I could, I knew inside of me, I knew there was always access to this, this higher power. There was always mm -hmm. access to this light and this love that I could feel in that moment. Um, and that has been such a transformational experience for me. Um, of course, I've had moments after that where I had to walk through some pretty shitty mm -hmm. and muddy and mm -hmm. contractive experiences. But just knowing that I could always walk through it, feel it, feel it fully. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, I would get this sort of like, you know, the switch would flip and I would get into the newer state of being. Just knowing that has given me so much confidence. Um to yeah to continue in life and it has gotten a lot less like really life is now a lot less contraction <laughs> a lot less fear and it it really is like, and you're, really... you're like more tapped into that the thing that you got access to in, in that in that moment of coming out of that massive panic attack the thing the the deeper energy that you tapped into I'm sure yeah. you're just living from that alignment more and more and more and more just yeah, as that becomes, sure. you know, begins to pervade your awareness and your 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 beingness. So I just like the whole, just to circle back for the listeners is just thinking like of the things that are going on in your life that feel really hard and feel just so frustrating. Like seeing that catalysts are there to open you up to these deeper states when you use them that way. Now, not everyone uses them that way, so. Yeah. You know, it doesn't serve in the, the in my personal view, the intention of every cap catalyst is to show you more of who you are, but it requires you opening up to it from that perspective. And this is just a really great example of how there was a really scary moment and you probably could have wanted to keep caving into the fear and, and all of that kind of stuff. But at a certain mom moment, you had to have the you took the courage or you, you, you know, stood in courage and just called out for something different. Yeah, in that for sure. Yeah, that, and so this this thread of the conversation kind of came this way when we were talking about manifestation in the sense that oftentimes when we first learn about manifestation, it seems to be like, um, like we're trying to create. Like, in my opinion, I think oftentimes manifestation begins by trying to complete an unconscious lack and so you think that the thing that you want to create is going to fill you up and so at a certain point mm -hmm. you have to learn the lessons around around not utilizing that thing to fill yourself up and that shows up in a whole bunch of different ways for for people and then you start to heal these ideas of lack and you start to want to express from just 
this place of overflow, this place of being connected to your soul blueprint. But along the way, there's also scenarios like the one we just spoke of that is about revealing some of your truth to you, which is about kind of that that bridge between thinking you're manifesting to to fulfill an unconscious lack to the catalyst is serving to heal the lack to where you're finally able to come from these greater states of overflow. So it doesn't always look the way the way people who first maybe learn about manifestation and positivity first think because they're not thinking but from all these different angles yeah yeah for sure um and i do have that little bit of like there is a bit of like um i think sometimes the word manifestation can be a little bit misleading because it is indeed what you say like we do it from a a place of lack Mm -hmm. um but it is a completely different experience to manifest from a place of overflow. Mm-hmm. And the only times that we get into that place of overflow is when we have harnessed all of our energy that we are back into ourselves. And sometimes, the, like the way that I see this, um, I have a bit of an interesting way at looking at reality sometimes. But okay. the way that I see this is really that there's energy trapped in every emotion that you have. So if you're in a contracted state, there's energy trapped in it. So it's kind of like a game. I don't know, like imagine you're playing a video game and you're just like, ooh, I just need to get that energy back. So (laughs) you go into that contraction state, you get your energy back and then you're sort of like, you know, you eat it up, you get your energy back and there's like a part of you that's coming back to you and that contraction that never has to occur again and that energy is now available to you and with that energy, because it's coming back to you and you do this a couple of times with fear, with anger, with shame, with guilt, you retract your energy every time. You mm-hmm. take your energy back. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember more of who you are. You come back to wholeness. And the energy starts to flow in you. And from that energy, all of a sudden, you'll start to want to, you know, manifest things. You'll mm-hmm. have desires. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if this would work out this way? Mm-hmm. This would work out this way. Then you start to write that down in your journal. Wouldn't it be fun if what would be my ideal day? And when you decide that and you act on your desires and your inspired action that is coming from this state of overflow mm-hmm. um life gets to be a really fucking fun video game really. <laughs> i, I <laughs> love just... yeah i love that question wouldn't it be fun if isn't it makes it just so light so playful it doesn't have to be so serious of like um i think the seriousness starts is still coming from when we're when we have these unhealed places in ourselves where we haven't reclaimed you know where we've disempowered ourselves so i i love that and i hope the listeners take that take that in is like the wouldn't it be fun if wouldn't it be fun if like how that is really cool i love that and and this is actually when i was reading through some of your posts to prepare for this which i normally read your posts but just wanted to go back through them i love this quote I extracted from one of them. It says, you can't surrender to life if you don't know how to claim. Can you speak to that Mm. a little bit? I I really think that's powerful for people. Well, it goes, uh, I speak a lot about polarities and this is a polarity that I really like. The polarity of surrender versus claiming. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it goes both ways because you cannot really claim anything unless you're able to surrender. But you also cannot really surrender unless you're able to claim. So it goes both ways. And Mm -hmm. that's the fun part of this game of life that we play, that we get to choose which polarities we want to play into. Yes. Um, But sometimes we're stuck in one polarity because we're stuck in the pendulum, right? We're stuck in the for or against. So some people are more stuck in the surrender part. Others are more stuck in the claim part. Um, But I think 
in order to be a fully sort of like coming from a place of overflow, sustainable, infinite wholeness, mm-hmm. um, we must be able to be able to choose whichever polarity we want to tune into at, at which time. Mm-hmm. And that creates a sense of balance. And in this particular case of like, if you want to surrender um, fully, you'll also need to be okay with being able to fully claim your life. If mm-hmm. you want to surrender to life, you must be willing to be in life, mm-hmm. right? You must mm-hmm. be willing to claim what you're here to do, who you're here to be. And so many people confuse surrender with mm-hmm. doing nothing or sometimes even giving up. But that is not what surrender is. Surrender is surrendering to the flow of life that is coming through you. But in order to do that, you need to first say, hey, I'm ready for you. Yes. Life. I'm ready for you. Yes. Like, this is me. I'm here let me, you know, like let your energy and your everything that you want to do, let it flow through me. I'm ready to show up. I'm ready to show up for myself. I trust myself. I claim my desires and I am here. And then you surrender. And um, then the feeling of surrender is just going to feel like you're just in the flow, right? You're just yes. being guided. You're being guided. Things will show up. Synchronicities sure. will show up. You feel you're, you're in the flow. But in order to be in the flow and to surrender to the flow, you first need to show up for life itself and say, hey, I'm ready. I claim who I'm here to be. I love that. And and I agree with you 100% that people do get that confused. They do think of surrender as like a very passive thing. And it's a it, it's an active, an active surrender with like deep trust and expectation that things are still going to occur. And I think, oh, uh, yeah. you know, that's what like kind of like giving energy something to work with and through. Um uh, I've, I lost my train of thought. I was thinking of that, but I do love all of that on um, on manifestation. I just think there's so much around that, and so many just ways to master manifestation. I know that you are a great teacher of that and a great example of that. And oh, that's what I was thinking as you were talking about how life flows and being in that flow state. I know for you, you just some changes that you've made. I know was it sometime last year where you felt some sort of inner resonance when you were in Vancouver and you're like oh it's time for me to go to the Netherlands and you did that transition and then I mean I think it's been I've been we've been in each other's awareness for over two years I think it was you were in the Netherlands then Vancouver then the Netherlands in Vancouver but can you speak to like what was the inner resonance that was going on because you made these big I mean to to people those are big changes you're changing your physical location in a big way yeah that's interesting to say but to me it doesn't feel like big changes right it feels like both both are my home uh-huh. and um at a certain point there was a desire within me a really deep desire to be doing this work in multiple places on the planet and i've always felt like i've studied in north america i've lived in in america for a while and i've always um yeah felt resonance with north america mm-hmm. um I, and, you know, like I, I came to visit Canada a couple of times. I really felt good here. Um, and so I felt like this is part of my home. I, when I was in Vancouver for the first time, I was like, ooh, this feels good here. <laughs> right. Mm, this feels like a good place. <laughs> and I also I also um, feel the resonance still with the Netherlands and, and my place there. And I also feel that there's some, yeah, something for me there. And so it was not really like... Um, yeah, it wasn't really like a, much of a rational decision. There were mm-hmm. some rational decisions that were part of it, of course, like visa things and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also just like, am I able to choose my home? Like, am I able to just claim like, oh, yes. I want to be able to be 
into places on this planet and be yes. very connected to those places on this planet. Mm -hmm. Can I do that? Can I allow myself to do that? And it just, yeah, it does feel like the flow that I followed in that moment to do that. I had a lot of judgments around it. I had a lot of doubts and confusion around it. Um, but every time it was like, does this belief feel true? No. Like, <laughs> what, what feels true then? Like, oh, it feels true to do this. So um, I still feel like I might be going back and forth. And sure. that might be a bit of a, yeah, a different way of lifestyle for many people. But I also just want to say, like, do feel what feels right for you. Like, um, whatever feels really resonant for you, that is what your soul is here to do. And that's exactly and that can be in different geographic locations yeah and that's exactly why i wanted you to share that story because i want like people i want listeners to hear like how what what is an example of following your soul resonance and how it can look and it and it looks you know individually to each person but you're an example of tuning in listening taking action being willing to challenge what comes up for you and letting your life unfold in the way it needs to rather that makes sense to someone else or not and so for listeners yeah. I, I encourage you like this is this is another benefit to tuning in and understanding your own inner resonance, your own like soul blueprint unfolding is being willing to like kind of question how you've always seen your life and being open for how it can unfold in another way. And that also includes step by step along the way, challenging what comes up just just as you did. You challenged what came up. You said, is this true? Is it ultimately true? And you started to work through it and knowing people wouldn't understand is not something that's going to stop you, especially when you're just doing what you're here to do on earth, which is the number one thing is your soul alignment. Exactly. Yeah. And it can look so many different ways to so many different people. And it really is just your individual soul alignment that you got to follow. Like I never thought this would be my, you know, like this would be my physical reality, but it is now. And who knows what it will be in five years? Who knows? But right. this is what it is now. And the more yeah. the more you allow yourself to live into that, the more you open up to possibilities in the future as well. I mean, I know Bentinho Massaro kind of talks about it as if you if you have a choice and and I'm trying to think how he says it, but like let's say you have your hand up with five fingers and you know the the pinky is your your highest possibility and the thumb is the lowest possibility. If you make a choice from your pinky, your next set of options starts with that as the lowest choice and then goes up by five there. And if you keep making it by the pinky, who knows, you know, how many array of new choices are available in the future. But if you keep only making yeah. it from the thumb, then, you know, you're just you're you're reducing your possibilities by that choice each time. Hopefully that makes yes. sense on audio without the visual. <laughs> <laughs> And something else I know that you were doing a couple, at least a year or so ago, I don't know if you still are. Are you still doing stuff with Gene Keys? And if you are, can you talk to us about what that is? Sure. Um, I am always doing it. Um, this is actually like my daily practice. It's it's part of my Bible. I have many books that are my Bible, but okay. this is one of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I do that daily on an individual basis daily. Um, and also with my individual clients, my one-on-one -on -one clients, mm -hmm. I always take into account their jinky um, design, the human design and jinkies. They're kind of similar and kind of different. Okay. But they're based basically on, um, yeah, what is your soul blueprint? What is your soul really here to live? Uh, what is your life's work? What is your purpose? What kind of lessons do we have to learn in love? What kind of lessons can we learn in prosperity? How can we, um, yeah, what is your blueprint in terms of like, um, for instance, inviting prosperity into your life? Mm -hmm. um, Jinkies 
in essence, it can be used in many ways, but the ways that I use it still, like every day I read and I contemplate and there's so much wisdom in there and there's so much to, uh, to, to really um, feel into. And I think that's really a fun part that has really helped me personally. Wait, let me to, just ask a question yeah. real quick. When you say you read, are you like reading energy or you're saying you're reading a, reading a book? Or what are you, what are I'm reading the book. Okay. So the Jinkies is a book. Okay. And there's a lot that is um, attached to it. You can just find out more on Jinkies.com. And but there's a big just book. for the listeners. Yeah. That's G E N E Jinkies. Yeah. Jinkies. G E N E Keys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is like um, there's 64 Jinkies, and they correspond each to an amino acid. Um, so they correspond to particular part of like how our dna is built mm-hmm. um and yeah there's like some there's like lower frequencies so there's shadow frequencies and there's some gift frequencies and there's the cd frequency which is a higher frequency and you get to tune into like like different levels of frequencies basically and that is for me has been a really beautiful way to to understand more of this painting that we have of frequencies like being like oh i'm acting now from like a shadow frequency where I'm acting now from the gift frequency. The gift frequency is, um, you know, like like a different frequency that we get to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're different for each individual. So they're different for each individual. We each have our own sort of unique blueprint of frequencies, of lessons that we're here to live mm-hmm. uh, and lessons that we're here to learn. And we're also here with a different, unique purpose on this planet. And for me, it has really been a great tool and I do use it also in my sh- in my sessions, um, but it's one of the tools. Like it's not everything; mm-hmm. it's one of the tools. I think we all just have to pick and choose the tools that work for us, right? Um, and there's some beauty and fun in in some tools, and then you know, like sometimes it doesn't resonate anymore, and you move on. But right. this one has stayed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's really what I can say about that. Oh, I love that! I love that. And can you just, again, I know when you opened up, you talked about how you see your purpose here. I just wanted, now that we've had this conversation, I wanted to kind of circle back and recap the purpose because it does have to do with sustainability on both an individual and a planetary level. So can you talk about how that looks right now and you living out your purpose? Yeah, I really... I really realized that, that that is actually my purpose. It was actually like a pretty recent sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, like only from the last year or so, because at a certain point I had kind of left that whole world behind, the whole environmental mm-hmm. activism scene. I had it all left behind and I only went into sort of like my own individual journey. And now I see sometimes how life or God or whatever you want to call it, I see how magical it works sometimes because <laughs> it brings you back into places where like, whoa I've been preparing for this my entire life like yes. that's sometimes how I look at my life like I'm yes. in awe of how it's all tying back in all together. the dots make sense they all yeah. like, connect <laughs> exactly like all the lessons all the times where you're like in the shit you're like what is this <laughs> yeah. good for and then afterwards you're like oh wow that was so cool but that is exactly what I have now like I feel my purpose is to create a sustainable society and to train the superheroes that are here to do that mm-hmm. um i strongly believe we already have all the tools the wisdom and the knowledge um to come up with the right innovations whether that is technological or whether that is innovations on how we um organize our governance systems for instance or 
our food systems or um, all of those things. I strongly believe we, each and every one of us have the, the right piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like we have the pieces of the puzzle and I feel that um, I'm here to just like uncover that in people so mm. that they can really start to live what they're here to live so that these puzzle pieces are coming together and we realize how much we are connected, how much we are connected to nature and how we can create a sustainable society that feels truly sustainable, that doesn't come from a place of force or fear or anger, but that really comes from a place of love, connection, peace. And Mm -hmm. I know this is a big vision. This is might be for some people, they might hear this and be like, oh, you're a dreamer or (laughs) whatever. It feels like too big. But I really believe that. I really, truly believe that it is going to be possible within our within our lifetime. Um, to have a world that is completely connected and peaceful and completely regenerative. But if we don't have someone like you with that vision, then we don't have a rallying force moving things towards that or revealing, you know, however you want to say, if you want to say move towards it or revealing it from within and and expressing it. So I think it's very powerful and makes total sense that that is your vision and that's what you are here to do. And so you also you work with clients like one on one clients and group coaching, but you also speak, you go into organizations to help them understand these things as well. So like what how is it how I guess how is your work permeating into the world and the various things that you're you're doing? Are you rallying people specifically who are thinking about the planet and the environment or you're helping people come into these deeper truths and to their purpose? And that is always a natural byproduct of duh we're all connected and it makes sense to do this um i would say both okay it depends a little bit on the audience and where people are at Mm -hmm. so um i speak on sustainability and i speak on it from a perspective that most people don't speak on it which is from the mindset of sustainability that Mm -hmm. we need um we need a different belief system we need to be able to um master our emotions in a different way in order to create a sustainable life Mm -hmm. and a sustainable society um but then the next step of course is like okay how do we do that and that's when we go deeper into purpose work that's when we go deeper into like harvesting the energy that you already have within you and tapping into that infinite source um and things will naturally flow from there so it's kind of like it goes from both sides Uh like it's um if we start to think really about a truly sustainable society the natural byproduct is people living that purpose Mm -hmm. and people tapping into their infinite source but it can also totally be the other way around. People mm-hmm. come to me and be like, okay, I want to do what you did. I'm feeling burnt out. I don't know what I'm here to do. Can you help me? And I help them step into more okay. of their purpose. Um, and most of the time, the people that are attracting are then people who then want to make a difference in uh-huh. their uh-huh. unique world and actually start to innovate in ways that um, is creating a sustainable society on the practical level. So. I love that. I, I love think, that. yeah, it's both ways. Wherever people are at, I mm-hmm. think it is, it, it is both ways. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, and, and given your own personal experience with burnout, that is probably like a, I don't know, a rallying point for people to be like, oh, I need to go to her and help understand like how, because I think, I mean, hopefully more people find out about all the work, any work along these lines, because I think our society is living with either people are in burnout or they're well on their way to it just because of the side of the equation they're living from. So I think this work, I mean, obviously this work is so needed and so important. And how, like, like if there's listeners here that resonate with what you're doing, how do they find you and how would they, you know, social media handles as well as like if they want to look into booking a session? 
Yes, you can go to the website anaearth.com, um, Instagram anaearth. Uh, Facebook is going to be changed soon to anaearth as well. I still have my old name there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is like the best way to get in contact with me. Just send me a DM or send me a message on the website. I do have actually for those that are listening that are interested in journaling, I oh, am starting cool. a new journaling course again. Mm-hmm. So um, keep your eye out for that because that I feel like is for many people it's a start, you know, just to yes. get started, uh, to tap into their own energy and and become aware of what their power really is. Journaling can be a really great tool. So that's that's coming up pretty soon. So okay. if you follow me, I'll send out the details around that soon. Okay. Um, And you do that periodically. So even if this podcast didn't come out right around the corner, people can still tune in and be on the lookout for your when you're offering that class. For sure. For sure. Is there is there something else that you would want to share that we didn't cover? That's that's like really a a powerful message. You you feel here's here's the microphone. If there's a powerful thing that you want to (laughs) say. (laughs) I really just want to say, like, we're living in exciting times and they can be fearful They can be experienced as fearful, but they're really also incredibly exciting because there's a lot of opportunity in them. Mm -hmm. And what we need is, yeah, we need the superheroes to step up and start leading here. And if you know that you are that, you you know that. And it's time, like, step up and do the work. And it's time. You're no longer alone. There's a lot of people here to support you. um, And we need the superheroes of the world. Like that's the times that we're living in. And it's incredibly exciting, to be honest. I agree. I agree 100%. And I've always felt like we, I guess I say I've always felt, I've always felt since being on the spiritual path that, that we are, we are here to serve in the collective awakening that I see happening. And that even now as, you know, we're recording this on, it won't be released right around the corner unless I feel it maybe needs to, but it's March 18th. We're in the middle of like coronavirus, already a, coming to North America and in the ways it has with Italy and seeing this as a catalyst for growth and, you know, understanding how to master, you know, where you are in, in your, in your growth journey and your emotional journey in, in your sustainable journey and all of it. So, yeah, I think it's an exciting time in terms of uh, what we're here to do and for people to show up in, in their purpose more powerfully. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I am so excited that we finally got to get together and record this. And I'm happy to share all the work that you're doing. Love what you're doing. Love how you show up in the world. And just appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. You're welcome. We are the love. We are the The music on the podcast is a song I fell in love with called We Are the Love We Give by Imaginary Future. It's available everywhere music is sold.